Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and this is another one of our supplemental episodes. And in case you've forgotten what that is, in our supplemental episodes, we are talking about other characters that are not Adam Warlock or Thanos, but are important to their mythos. Uh, previously, we have been just talking about appearances of death, particularly in the Golden and Silver Ages. But now we've went through that, and we're going to try to someone else. And this time, I have another guest with me, because as I mentioned before, doing these by myself takes way too long. So this time, we have from over at X-Laps, Christian. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, I think we're going to have some fun conversations today. Oh, yeah. Well, I figured no, from talking to you and listening to your stuff, I figured, hmm, cosmic stuff. That's Chris's wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. If only we can get into other world here. I mean, we'd be all set. Oh, Maybe bring the Shi'ar in. Oh, yeah. Let's get the Shi'ar. Let's get some alternate dimensions going on, some time travel. You're all set. <laughs> so true. half this issue is going to be in the future, which I know you love. No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, so this time... We are going to be talking about the Enclave, because now, before I was going to be covering the Enclave for a while, because beyond their appearances in Fantastic Four 65, 65 and 66, which we covered way back in the first two episodes of the show, because those are the first two appearances of Adam Warlock, they wouldn't appear till later. But there's been a recent retcon, what with Marvel Comics 1000, where they've been now retconned to be characters from the Golden Age and have been around since that time. So before we cover those Golden Age stories, we're going to cover that retcon in Marvel Comics 1000. Now, you might be asking, what is Marvel Comics 1000? Well, it was a special issue that came out in, what was this, 2019? Yeah. 2019, yeah. And and I was asking the very same question back then because I was a little out of the loop with Marvel. And I'm like, 1000, huh? And it it was coming right on the heels of, uh, you know, Action Comics 1000 getting sort of legitimate, a, a sort of legitimate count there. Yes, this is a less uh, legitimate count. This is slightly less legitimate, yeah. This yeah, is, by about 800, 900 issues. Yeah. This is basically going, well, when Marvel Comics number one came out in 1939, which was the first appearance of a few characters like mm-hmm. the Human Torch and the Submariner, the Golden Age Kazar, the Golden Age Angel, uh, the Mass Rider, a few others. But basically they're going with, well, if that series never got canceled, which it did back in the Golden mm-hmm. Age – it would be up to issue a thousand now. Yes, I think I'm going to assume. Give that, take. Let's assume yeah. their math is correct. Maybe yeah, you because know, maybe they went weekly for a little while in this uh, yeah. voodoo world. Uh, maybe, maybe they had uh, bi-weekly uh, summer issues like Marvel used to do for some of their bigger titles in the eighties. Sure, 80s. sure. And maybe they had like a Marvel Marvel Comics number nine hundred and one point one. You know, we have or point five perhaps. Uh, they so they might have done some of that. It's close enough. So sure. this was a special issue they did. It cost ten bucks. Oh, yes. There were a lot of uh, a lot of covers. <laughs> I bought the a thousand 90s, of them. Yeah, I bought the '90s Ron Lim variant cover because it has, well, basically it's an Infinity Gauntlet cover. <laughs> so I'm staying on brand. It's got Thanos of the Infinity Gauntlet, Adam Warlock, the Silver Surfer, and pretty much everyone else who appeared in you know all the, the characters who were major in Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Which means we got Nova and Quasar here. Hey. And it's Quasar in that second costume he had. Like, they're all actually appropriate for the time. Very nice. And the way they did this was it was an 80-page story. Each page was done by a different creative team. 
and was basically a story that either took place in or related to each year in Marvel Comics publication. Mm-hmm. So let's, for instance, page five, which says, you know, because it's 1943. It says, 1943, Miss America debuts in Marvel Mystery Comics number 49. And it's a story involving the current Miss America or mm-hmm. America. America, but, yeah. Yeah, America Chavez. You know, or like the 1945 page is about Patsy Walker Hellcat because, well, 1945, Patsy Walker gets her own self-titled comic book. Mm-hmm. Yes, Was that Patsy and Hetty or just Patsy Walker? I'm assuming just Patsy because it has her own self-titled. Oh, okay, okay. So that's how they did it on here. So like the 1977 page is about Star Wars because there was a, that's when the Star Wars comic started with Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so we're getting like a like a some of these are like connected almost as though it's like a narrative. Others are kind of uh, like like we were saying off the air, kind of like vignettes. You know, this is. Yeah kind of referring back to something and it's 80 pages 80 years one page per year and it brings us all the way from the start it's a it's a it's a very interesting way to do this um yeah. I, I definitely appreciate yeah because I, I, I i'll give marvel a lot of guff for really not respecting their own history and trying to like bury history and this is a celebration of history and and the way that they did this here because we're going to talk about some retcons as we go along here it's done with such care where it really doesn't change things so much, but it adds to it. Yeah. So it's like this isn't the standard Marvel, everything you thought you knew was wrong, ha, 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 you know, and all those books you have, that's just that's just BS now. That this wasn't – Jean Grey wasn't the Phoenix? No, she was, in a, she was in a cocoon, damn it. We know that. Yeah, it's all that stuff, it's not as intrusive, but it adds to the lore. And uh, that's not something I would usually give Marvel credit for in current year. And yeah. here to see them doing it just a couple of years ago, it's uh, it really warms your heart. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this type of reconning and this type of world building and adding into the, the absolutely, mythos. absolutely. And, and it's like they're still more. playing. Yeah, they're still playing with all the same toys. They're just making them more like cohesive. It's like. Uh, these characters that might have just popped up from somewhere, it's like, well, no, no, they didn't just pop up from somewhere. They, they actually have roots somewhere else. And and we're going to be talking all about that, uh, you know, very soon. Yes. So, yes, while a lot of these pages are just completely one-page one stories that have one nothing issue, to do yeah. with each other, or not, sometimes not even stories, they're just sometimes like just random things about a, a pin character. pinup of, yeah. Or, I mean, there's a Captain America pinup with like a little essay on it. Exactly. Yeah. But there are several pages all written by Al Ewing, yeah, which are throughout that run throughout the issue. Not every page, just you know, sometimes a few pages in a row. Sometimes they're separated. That are telling a story, which, as I said before, is about the Enclave, mm-hmm. and retconning them to be some other characters who appeared in the Golden Age and really never appeared again. So there was nothing about them. It's not like you're changing anyone's identity. Yeah, and I mean, for all those Golden Age uh, Enclave fans, I mean, they. Uh... I, they're probably going to boycott, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, he stopped doesn't... listening a while ago. Who cares? <laughs> that one Golden Age Enclave fan, no, uh, the uh, the three X's fan. You know, we gotta gotta make them all happy. But no, no, this is this is really well done. This is really well. I and I haven't read the entire thing yet, uh, but uh, but now I kind of want to. Yeah, because it's fun. I mean, not is everyone great? No, but there's the nice thing is they're so short that it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, it ain't going to hurt you. Because you can just go, okay, well, that one sucked. I'm going to go to the next one, and hopefully the next <laughs> one will be good. Yep. <laughs> there was one I thought was really good. It actually made, oh, yeah, page 19 for 1979. Mm-hmm. It's almost a text page. It's almost it's basically just a text story with just one image of a mostly uh, a UK character called Night Raven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that story was good enough that I'm actually interested in looking up some Night Raven, like, you know, trades or collections to see if I can find them. Sure. Oh, that's interesting. It doesn't help the one image, but the one image in there is by Alan Davis. That does not yeah, hurt at all. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. No, that never hurts. But anyway, so let me drop in a brief synopsis of what happens in here, or as brief as I can do, and then we'll be right back. As it turns out, much like in episode 144, when Peter Rios and I were covering History of the Marvel Universe number one, there's really no point in me doing a synopsis here. This book was basically a series of one-page stories, and as Chris and I covered each page, we more or less gave the synopsis of it. So, what's the point in doing it twice? Instead, we're going to put a promo here for another podcast, and then back to Chris and myself. Also, despite what I say in this episode, Howard Chaikin had nothing at all to do with the Mystery Men miniseries that Marvel put out in 2011. That series was by David Liss, Patrick Zercher, and Andy Troy, and it is well worth checking out. I read it very recently. It is awesome. All right, promo, back to Marvel Comics 1000. Which is the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Ant-Man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto, so both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? What about uh, White Tiger? What about uh, White Tiger? Uh, Doc Samson. Who's Who's he? He? Star Fox. That's a video game. The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. All right, we are right back. So, first page, 1939, talking about the debut of the Human Torch from Marvel Comics number one, mm-hmm. where the three scientists from the Scientist Guild show up to see Professor Horton's new new uh, synthetic, synthetic man. man, yeah. And he burns, and well, I mean, that's just it. The only thing is that we actually—it's pretty much almost the same thing as what happens in Marvel Com- the story yep. in Marvel Comics number one, with the exception of names are actually given. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do love that they actually use the first ever panel again, like the eight bells panel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the that's, first actual page is just the first panel. It's from so that first cool. It, it is such a such a nice tip of the hat to uh, to the history here. I, I mean, the, the only thing that might have been a little bit more, but I mean, it wouldn't have worked for this story. But uh, going back to motion picture funnies, number one. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, which that like that's the actual first appearance of a uh, name the, the submariner there and uh, came out like I think the spring of uh, of uh, 1939 and this is October cover date for uh, for Marvel Comics number one but I just love the way that the, like that first page where it's like eight bells you're on time and then we turn the page and boom there it is Steve Epting draws the same panel and yeah. it's so and cool the so title cool. the title of that page is Eight, eight bells. bells. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's pretty much it's virtually just a modern, just complete retelling of that story of that at least the first yeah, nice streamlining. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like I said, the difference is he names these scientists. They're not yes. unknown scientists. And they're, he names one of them Dr. Morlock, which, of course, is the name of one of the guys from the Enclave. It's Morlock and uh, ha- Jerome Hamilton and Shinsky. And, well, Shinsky shows up later. That's an easy retcon. Boom. Sure. Let's just throw a name in there because there was no names given. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. That's really – I mean, anything else on this page before we go to the next? Um, no, you know, I've – I've actually been uh, reading uh, these Golden Age stories of late. Uh, first time ever that I've read these uh, Golden Ages. Um, I always just saw them as being just unimportant. You know, uh, the the Golden Age stuff just really didn't do it for me. But I've gone back because I'm covering uh, Namor's early appearances. So I am popping in on old, uh, you know, the Angel, uh, Mass Raider, uh, the Ferret. You know, I'm, I'm checking those out, uh, bits and pieces. And... Uh, I don't know. It just really tickles me to see them paying such, uh, you know, homage to uh, this. I mean, this is the genesis of everything. And here it is on page one or, you know, page one of the story. And by doing the story, they're trying to kind of give it relevance to now. As yeah, opposed to just being yeah. some story that happened 80 years ago. No one cares. Yeah, it's not just a callback. It's actually a callback with purpose and yeah. uh, something that can be built on and can be reflected on. It's it's very well done. So for the page for 1940 is about the character known, like you said, the ferret mm-hmm. meeting with the, uh, as they're calling themselves now, the three X's who three were, X's, yeah. did appear one time in mystic comics, number one. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're talking to him, the ferret, who was a private detective at this point, And they're asking him for his mask, which he says, well, you know, it doesn't work for me. I was told it was magic, but it never worked for me. But if, hey, if you want to use it to fight Nazis, which is what they told him, yep. go the for thing. it. Yeah. I don't like Nazis. And I didn't realize what he was at the operative. That is from a book that came out several years ago called Mystery Men, mm-hmm. which was by Chaikin. Yes. And, and that's was what he, he was. Was he also part of the 12 as well? I don't think he was part of the 12. Okay. No, he was not part of the 12. Actually, he also does appear in the Marvel's Project. Okay, yeah, because he does pop up, uh, not often, but he he has popped up a time or several yeah. in the uh, in the interim. Yeah, in the Mar- he's in the Marvels project. Unfortunately, it does not well end very well for him. No. <laughs> Although I felt very happy in the fact that it knows he's fine. His little pet ferret. Yeah, knows he gets adopted by the Golden Age Angel. So I was like, it's actually more, yeah, actually, yeah, Marvel's Project's pretty much a Golden Age angel story. Yeah. But I just reread that recently, and I was like, wow, I this is something I bought to buy and trade. I really enjoyed that story. It's Marvel, and between, like, some of those things and this one, it's like Marvel, at least making somewhat of an attempt to do what DC did, which is kind of, well, used to do at least, which is kind of embrace their, their whole history. Yeah. I mean, sure. They used to have whole worlds for those characters. You know, all that Not stuff sure. still counted. I mean... That's why we had All Star Squadron in the eighties. Yeah, it, it's, used all those characters. I mean, and made them relevant again, and and actually gave them, like, gave them like a story as to why they couldn't do certain things in the in the actual day and age. It's it was a very um like a very intimidating corner of the DC universe to like kind of try to get into because there's just so much to it, so yeah, much but, history, so much of everything. But there'd be a reason why you might have people who are still nowadays maybe a fan of the Tarantula from DC's sure. Golden Age because of All-Star Squadron, whereas opposed mm-hmm. to, like, who, you know, most people would never have heard of the Ferret. 
Yeah. In Marvel, because, well, he once he wasn't appearing in Marvel Mystery Comics or Daring Mystery or whichever one he was appearing in, he was gone. Yeah. He, yeah. He was in, uh, he actually appeared first in uh, Marvel Mystery Comics number four. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's an early guy for sure. But anyway, so we get a first hint that there's something going on because they want his mask. Yeah. And he claims it to be magic. Hmm. <laughs> and the three X's here, they claim that they're like the next stage of humanity. And, yes. Uh, so that's uh, that's an interesting thing as well. And it's not made entirely clear here that these three X's are the same fellas as the as on the previous page, right? Um, I mean, I guess we could put two and two together, but I don't know if it's made perfectly. I don't think it's made on this page, but the fact is that he on the first page, you just call one of them Dr. Morlack. Okay, okay. So I think... And, like, you can see it looks like them in each, you know, it looks kind of like them. It's the same three guys in suits, one with glasses. And plus when we get to 19, plus when we get to the page of Sunspot, 1942, he actually calls it out. That's when he clarifies it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get there in a second. So now 1941, which is another goodie, is another goodie. Yeah, we get the, uh, a, a brief scene from the origin of Captain America, Steve Rogers being led down to the uh, place where he's going to be he's he's in the what, project uh, rebirth yeah project rebirth that's the word thank you yeah where he's being led by the a woman who is like guarding the door mm-hmm. and he's being led down and he sees another project happening yep he sees an open door and inside it we've got the mask it's like on an altar that itself is like on a sigil right and then yeah. the 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 mask itself here is levitating and it's just like surrounded by the kirby crackle Right. Yeah, it's like there's a head inside of it, too. It's filled yeah. out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not just a flat, flat hood. It's it's interesting. And we have our three guys, you know, the three X's here. They're conferring on the other side of the room. We got a naked fellow there kind of covering with up a, his bits. And yeah. he's with got a like a suicide squad. Around, yeah, the suicide squad uh, exploder on his neck. And uh, yeah, Steve gets yanked away. It's like, no, no, no. You, you know, you're here for Project Rebirth. But that isn't our only project. And then they slam the door, and we see that this is Project Thunderer. Yeah, and we're told 1941, the Thunderer is created in Daring Mystery Comics number seven. And we mm-hmm. did cover Thunderer's story in one of our previous uh, supplementals. Mm, very I think cool. it was Death Stalks the Airways, I think that was the name of the story. Okay. Yeah, the Thunderer had like kind of audio powers, or like, you know, voice powers, I think. Was, was he the the Dark Marvel, or the, what is it, the, the was Black, Black Marvel? Marvel? Yeah, he changed. Was, yeah, they brought him back later on. He only had a couple appearances, and his name changes later. And uh, that's one thing they do here. They kind of go with that. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, these characters, you know, when the character vanished, there's a reason why that character vanished. Or when they changed their name, there's a reason now why. Yeah. As mm-hmm. opposed to back then where they're like, I don't know, that Thunder Story didn't work. Well, nobody's still nobody's have... buying this. Yeah, let's try this. Well, you saw, this, you saw the thing written and drawn. Let's just change the name to Black Marvel. That works. There you go. <laughs> No, but this is a fun page because it, uh, like, pulling in all these disparate um, things from the the golden age here. I didn't think like when I, I had to take a double like a double glance on this because it's like from the diary of Steve Rogers. I'm like, wait, they're 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 bringing Cap into this, and it was just such a cool way to do it. And and again, like we said, it's it's information that's new to us, but it's in a way where it's not. It's, it's not these, yeah. It's not the senses shattering, uh, you know, uh, earth shattering change, reveal. They didn't change Cap's origin. 
Yeah, they just, just it's, it's five seconds out of his origin. That's it. Like, yeah, yeah. This, something he took, probably wouldn't even remember if he you know wasn't thinking about it. It's just yeah. a yeah, thing. This is what happened when he was walking down the hallway. Yeah, he was just walking. He, <laughs> he just happened to see another a door open. He's like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yep, he was a little curious, popped his head in and saw a strange naked man and a mask floating. So, yeah. yeah. And now up to, as they call it, the page is about 1942. This takes place in modern times or yeah. as nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And we have Roberto da Costa, a.k.a. He's well, Sunspot, but not here. Not here. here. He's a, They're calling him Citizen V. Yeah, he. This is like from my blind spot. This is from my Marvel temper tantrum where I went running away. Uh, I guess he was the leader of the U.S. Avengers. And, oh, that's uh, right. They did have yeah. that U.S. Avengers book that like him and Cannibal were in. I don't think I've yeah. read that. And he took the role of Citizen V. He was the leader of the team. Oh, uh, okay, I, that explains that for me. Yeah, now. yeah. So that was weird because, you know, it took me a second because I looked at this and I'm like, I'm like, is this like. Are they are they retconning like DaCosta's father into being like a golden age citizen V? And it's like, wait, no, it's nine months ago. How is this? So I had to do a little bit of uh, research to find out exactly how this happened. And yeah, this was from a time where I was just not buying so much Marvel. Yeah. So he's talking to somebody about how he's been. He's not been part, you know, with the Avengers or the X Men at that point. Yeah. And he's sitting there on the outside, but like he says, from the outside, you can see it all. And and this is where he clarifies it. He says, I've been noticing things lately, like the three X's, a.k.a. the Scientist Guild. So there we go. Establishes those are the same people. A trio of 1940 scientific investigators. So right there we know, okay, that's the three X's, the same people are the Scientist Guild. Yep. And if you know the name – since the one guy said the name Morlock, you know that you also know that means that that is the Enclave. Mm-hmm. He's like, what happened to them? He said they were around, but then they vanished. They were there at the creation of the Human Torch, and they're involved with uh, Jerry Carstars, yeah, aka the Dark Avenger. Mm-hmm. So like, there's something going on here, and he's talking to Jimmy Wu, mm-hmm. leader of the Agents of Atlas, who That's I true. love because that Agents of Atlas series by uh, Parker was awesome. It's one that I know I've got it, <laughs> but as with many things, I've not read it. It's another one of these things, taking the 50s characters. Was he part of – because you remember, um, boy, like 1998 or so, Byrne did that Marvel, The Lost Generation, where it was uh, like numbered backwards. It yes. like a 12-issue deal. I did buy that. I don't think he appeared – I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I read yeah. it. I don't think he's part of it, but he could be. He could have been. Okay, yeah, because I don't remember a whole – I remember he tried to – shoehorn that into his x-men the hidden years too and it's just like i i don't know who any of these people are i had to you know buy the miniseries and try to figure out what's what but uh yeah i don't remember that being all that great (laughs) but uh the uh i've never heard anything bad about the agents of atlas series so maybe got to give that one a shot uh i love here that bobby's like uh he's talking about how these three X's, like uh, we said, we said it a couple pages ago. They said that they were like the next step in humanity, and Bobby kind of goes with that. He's like, they could have been the X Men, you know, they could have been a version of the X Men here, but they vanished. And why? Like, why they they left? Where did they go? And why did they go there? So it really amps up the mystery here, as to you know where did these guys go. And, yeah. and what was their what was their ultimate goal here? We see that they were part of some very very seminal moments in Golden Age Marvel history, 
but then just went away. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, it gives a mystery based on stuff that actually happened. That actually happened. Yeah, the X3Xs did appear and then vanished. Yep. Not. I mean, hats off to Al Ewing for doing the homework. Yeah, I mean, he definitely looked into Marvel history. Yeah, because I mean. Because I'm covering Golden Age stuff now, and you can't find all this stuff. And when you can find it, it's like, it's weird. <laughs> you know, you need, uh, like, Submariner will appear in, like, five books in a month. Which, I mean, we talk about, like, characters nowadays appearing too much. Mm-hmm. Like, And they would just show up, and you don't know what order these stories are in. You don't know who's doing what, who's friends with who, because they, like, they'll go from being best friends to mortal enemies, like, on a Drop dime. A hat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to keep these things straight. So if Ewing was able to take these like little nuggets out of the Golden Age history here and actually like make it work, hats off to him. Hats off to him. Yeah, no, I'm very impressed. I've always yeah. been impressed about Ewing stuff. I mean, I'm actually not a big fan of Venom, and I'm actually considering buying Venom because he's writing it. He's writing it now. Yeah, he, he, and he I'm swapped Hulk it. with uh, what's his face with Cates or Coates or yeah. Yeah, because his and his immortal Hulk. I'm uh, not done with it yet. I've been reading a Marvel Unlimited, so I still have like a year or so to go on that, mm-hmm. like another 12, 13 issues. But it's been incredible. It's been amazing. I was going to say incredible. There you go. <laughs> Pun not intended. But it's been great. I've been loving it. Yeah, I read like the first four or five issues of that. And I was I was definitely uh, impressed. I thought it was really good. Uh, he's on sword now, which I cover on uh, X Lapsed, And I didn't want to like it. Because I, I, I'm not a real big fan of uh, the way he conducts himself online. But uh, he's a good writer. He's a damn good writer. <laughs> it yeah. pains me to say it, but he's a damn good writer. He's writing The Defenders now. Oh, that's the right. The Defenders by Bishmi series. Which I, it's, oh yeah, it's all my wheelhouse. It has the character, a character that we'll, we'll eventually get to that comes out of this issue. Mm-hmm. They're a part of it. They're mis- you know, their whole thing is about it. But he's also touching us up. He's done with uh, the different versions of the marvel universe like they traveled back they actually got sent back in time to the previous universe where galactus where galactus comes from oh very cool before very he was cool. even born like galactus is still an infant oh wow oh that's very interesting so they like they're they're exploring he's using that to explore that kind of stuff that he's he's brought up before oh that's so. excellent i might have to check that out and the art yeah javier rodriguez what else has he done? Uh, I know he did the history of the Marvel Universe with Mark Wade. Okay, okay. So, and I know he's done some other stuff. I can't remember the top of my head, but mm-hmm. it is great. Yeah, I've seen the covers, and they all look very, very nice. Yeah, no, he is rapidly becoming one of my new favorite artists. Very cool. Anyway, so we jump ahead a few years. You know, I'm, I'm calling these just so everyone knows. These don't actually take place in the years I'm saying, but since that's how the pages are kind of less numbered. By the yeah. year, that's how we're going by. So we're on page sure. for 1946, mm-hmm. which tells us the All Winter Squad first appears in All Winter Comics number 19, and it's just one splash image mm-hmm. of a Captain America and holding the body of another Captain America, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the rest of the All Winter Squad: uh, Bucky, Namor, the Wizard, Miss America, yeah. the original, and the Human Torch and Toro. And it's basically we. I like this. We just get to hear what it's a conversation, like a phone conversation, and we're yeah. only hearing one half of it. No, we're it's only really, hearing the really half. Good. Yeah, we're only hearing the half from Jerry Carstars, aka the Thunderer, basically talking to uh, one of the the guys from the Enclave, saying Captain America is dead. Yep. 
And this is actually not Steve Rogers. This is the second Captain America, Bill Nasland. Mm-hmm. The spirit who, of 76. Yep. Who was retconned into being Captain America, what What if number four you said, right? Before what if number four, May uh, 1977. And the I think the retcon was like officially put into place with Captain America number 251, uh, November 1980. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, it's a different Bucky, too. Yes. Because uh, they thought that Cap and Bucky were dead. So President Truman, he installed Nazland in order to keep like the mantle alive. Because this and, is retconning to go with the fact that Captain America comics did go on to like 48, 49. Yeah. But as retconned in Avengers number four, mm-hmm. Cap and Bucky have been gone since before World War II ended. Yeah. So how did that happen? Exactly. Exactly. And we find out here that uh, Nasland was killed by Adam II, which was another creation of uh, Professor Horton, the Human Torches inventor. Yeah. Although now he's blaming the reason Adam II went crazy on the Enclave, saying on the you Enclave, insisted, yeah. yeah, you insisted on while well, you bent, you know, you paid for it, and you insisted on putting your own programming in, and your programming drove it nuts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's it's <laughs> this is interesting stuff here. Uh, it's a uh, I, I like that the first I was doing a little bit of research on this one because like this one is like wild. If you if you go into this one completely clean like I did and trying to figure out what like who the spirit of 76 is, why why is that not Steve Rogers? You know, trying all trying to find all that stuff out here. I went back to uh, All Winners 19 and uh, the first story as a team for the All Winners squad was written by Bill Finger, which is pretty interesting with uh, art by Sid Shores. That's a that's a that's a top quality golden age creative team there. It's a very very cool. And it's also kind of funny that, that when they did these retcons that they had to like add extra captain. Like they couldn't just say Spirit of seventy six took over for Cap. It's like no 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 no. He also died. He also died. Yeah. And then the Patriot took over, aka yeah. Jeffrey Mace, mm-hmm. who actually, unlike Bill Nasland, has appeared on TV. Huh. He was in Agents of Shield. I, I always forget that that was a thing. Uh, I think he was season four. He was like the new like head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Played by Jason O'Mara. He also was the lead in the uh, American version of Life on Mars. He's also done the voice of Batman on a lot of uh, DC direct movies, including Justice League Dark, Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman, Batman Hush, hmm. uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. He's the voice of Batman. And if anyone ever watched, I'm looking on IMDb now for him. If anyone is watching The Man in the High Castle, watched, sorry, watched, it's over now. The Man in the High Castle, he played the character of Wyatt, whoever that is. I don't know who that is. Yeah. But I liked, I like that, I like that actor, more or less. I like him, I follow him, but it's like one of the guys like, oh, I know that guy, I like him. Sure. But yeah, so basically in this story, Jerry Carson is saying, you guys killed my friend. I'm Mm -hmm. done with you. And I'm not letting you get this mask either. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I like how this is done. Like this little, this is definitely a vignette. Like we just get this one, it, like if this was filmed, it would just be like, you would just see silently the characters in the background holding Cap's body and you would just hear like, I could imagine like they're doing it with like almost like static. Yeah, you know, for like sure. It's almost like he's on a ham radio or something calling him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done with you. I'm out. You're not getting this thing back. I'm not your thunderer. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Which explains why we jump now to the next page where it's Jimmy Woo talking to Namora and they're mm-hmm. talking about the Thunderer saying he changed it from the Thunderer to the Dark Avenger for some reason. 
Yep. And now, of course, we know why. Because in reality, the character did, like we said before, did change the name. But we just didn't know why. Yeah. I mean, like we said, there was probably just some stupid reason why, like, you know, yeah. either that or, the, you know, they forgot. They might have forgotten. It's kind of like uh, Stan Lee calling Banner all of a sudden Bob Banner. Yep. Then they have to retcon that into being <laughs> Robert <laughs> Bruce Banner because yep. Stan Lee forgot. <laughs> And Peter Palmer, but they didn't didn't change that. So no, thankfully. no, they didn't add that in. It's Peter Palmer Parker. That's yes. it. That's his middle name. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about that, and Mar- the original Marvel boy, Bob Grayson, is also there, and he's like, "No, I know. Th- it's like I know something about him. It's about the mask. Yeah. It's all about the mask." He's like, "Because I met the Dark Avenger." Oh yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting the way he met him. Yes, very much. But we're going to get to that in a second, because then we're now on the next page. Mm-hmm. 1948, The Black Rider. And this one's got a Phil Noto art on it, which is always a delight, for sure. Yeah. And I, and you have to pay attention when they say it takes place, because they jump around a bit. They do. They do. This is like, uh, was this 150 years ago? 139 years ago. 139, so takes, okay. So from, 19, from 2019, so this page takes place in 1880. Gotcha. And it's uh, a character named Matt Masters, who I looked it up, actually was a character called the Black Rider. Yep. And he's meeting the Mast Raider. Yep, who was Marvel a character number one. Yeah, he was the Western character, but he wore a black mask. From Marvel Comics number one. And, uh, the you know, the Mast Raider's been shot, and he's trying to help him because he's a doctor. Yep. And the Mast Raider keeps on, don't, don't take the mask off. It's the only thing that's keeping me alive. It's like it's a holy thing. Saved us from kings and made this land. And as soon as the mask is taken off, he dies. He dies. Yeah. And it's from the journal. Like I said, it's from the journal of Doctor Matt Masters. And mm-hmm. he's thinking about it. And he he's like, "This is the Mass Raider, the legendary champion of the poor and the oppressed." And I killed him. Like, no, I just couldn't save him. His kills are still out there. And the mask, the mask knows where to go. Mm-hmm. And that on. was kind of cool. yeah. Like it's a. It's a good thing, but it's also like slightly ominous. Mm-hmm. It reminds me. Did you ever read any of the Impact comics from DC in the early nineties? Yes. It reminds me of the Black Hood. Okay. If you remember that series. Vaguely, yes. Yeah, but I, where, I, I, I could feel that. Yeah, where the whole thing was about this mystically powered hood, where if you put it on, it kind of increased your speed and reflexes, so you can do things, mm-hmm. and it, you, it would help you depending on whichever bent you were, good or bad. Yeah. But it had all different wearers. Oh, the difference there was everyone who died, like their spirit kind of stays there. So like when you're wearing it, you could actually converse with the people who were. They're in the hood. Yeah. This is a little different, but it's still slightly like that. Absolutely. And and I mean, again, they're they're tying in all the other stuff. They're tying in some of the random Western characters that most of the time never cared about. Yeah, Jim Godley. I mean, nobody nobody ever thought about him again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, beyond like maybe. Rawhide Kid or Two Gun Kid, most of those Western characters are ignored. Sure. And now they're adding them into the mythos of Marvel that, like, no, this is part of the history. Mm-hmm. You know, these are like almost like the earliest superheroes. Exactly, and yeah, that's that's actually one of the things we're going to talk about at the toward the end here. Uh, but I, I, I love that you know the Mass Raider, like all of his stories were about bank robberies. <laughs> a yes. lot of a lot of bank robberies in the early Marvel universe and claim jumping. Claim jumping as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take your property. 
I think that's the first story, isn't that? Marvel one, like they're someone they're trying to take people's property. Yes, yeah, and like and then like the next three or four, it's like banks got robbed, but then they found out like that the bank manager was behind it. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember that. I think because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to read the Golden Age Marvel stuff, but it, mm-hmm. it's not at the top of my list of stuff to read. Like stuff sure. for the show is more important. But I'm up to like the first like the first two or three issues of Marvel Mystery Comics. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it does take time to read some of that Golden Age stuff. Those stories it take does. a while. Sometimes. It does, but if if you do it the right way, where you don't kill yourself with it, there can be some there can be some fun. I mean, the neighbor stuff is crazy. Oh, it's wild, absolutely wild. And now onto the page for 1950, which is uh, the year Marvel Boy is introduced in Marvel Boy number one. They're created and, by Stan Lee and uh, Russ Heath. Yes, yeah. and basically the precursor to Quasar. Yes, this and one here takes- he. Uh, he happens across the Dark Avengers corpse. Yeah. And it's like, it's not made clear right away. The the uh, the Dark Avengers, like, leaned up against the wall, like, sitting. And, and a, rec- a recording starts, right? Yeah. But you don't, I mean, you realize it's a recording once you get to the end. At first, yeah. you think maybe he's still just talking to him. Yeah, like, maybe through some sort of a device or something. Or maybe that's just the, the voice bubble that they use for him. It's a little bit more angular and pointy. Yeah. But it's a... Uh, it's really cool here because like this recording like says, hey, you know what? If you found me and I'm dead, uh, the mask was probably taken and uh, you're probably very special and you need to find the scientist guild right away. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sending this message on a frequency beyond any current broadcast range. So if you can mm-hmm. hear this, you're someone special, maybe mm-hmm. special enough. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like they want the mask back, the mask that made America. And this one, this issue, this page takes place in 1956. Mm-hmm. So he's been trying. He's been key. He's ran. He left them ten years ago, but they finally, you know, they finally got him. When because when you get to the last panel, you see it's a skull. Yeah. So yeah, it's a skull under the uh, Dark Avenger hood. They think they're the X people, the next wave. They think the, <laughs> aren't those two actually? Those are actually two Marvel teams. Yeah. <laughs> next wave was the Warren L series, and X people is the name of the X Men in the MC two line. Yep. They think they're the four who will change the world. They're not. That's why the mask won't work for them. And it's, it's kind of a touching thing when he's like, uh, Marvel was like, thank you, Jerry. Nice to have yeah, met you. Nice to have met you. And it's like, so now we know what happened to the Dark Avenger. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him. Yes. But, a dark end indeed. But he did it. He did what he could. Mm-hmm. He did everything he could. And yeah, it's called the last stand of the Dark Avenger. And so that's how Marvel Boy met him, quote unquote. Yes. <laughs> It reminds me a lot. I forget if you've said it before. Have you watched Doctor Who at all? No, I've not. There's this one episode. Anyone who's listening mm-hmm. would know this. It's Blink, where mm-hmm. he's stuck in the he's stuck back in time, like in the 60s or something, without his time machine. Okay. And he's conversing with somebody in the future by having ma- or made um, special, like Easter, like special, like little film segments of himself having a conversation. That are on different DVDs, like different movies. And when you put them together in order, the person actually was able to have a conversation with him. Oh, okay. Very much in this way. Gotcha. That's very neat. So it's kind of like that. Because like the way it's done, it's almost like they're having a conversation. You know, it's like, I'm the, yeah, as he said, sure. I'm the Dark Avenger. Robert Grayson, Marvel Boy. Hello, Jerry. It's like, I have to keep this brief. It's like, oh, okay. He, and then you get to the end, you're like, oh, crap, it's a recording. It's just done so well. <laughs> and I like how they're building this. It's, it's a mystery in one issue, but you're still getting it. Every page, you're getting a little bit more. 
Yeah. So, okay, now it's about the mask. There's something about this mask. It's special. It's magic. They're saying it built America. It fuck kings. What does it mean? Exactly. And now we're jumping to uh, the page for 1954, which, by the way, just so you know, Gorilla Man first appears in Men's Adventure number 26. Yes. <laughs> and, yes, if you Gorilla Man is part of Agents of Atlas, and he is a lot of fun. Yeah, he seems really cool. Yeah, he is entertaining. And yeah, this is seven, we're back in the we're back in the somewhat recent time here, right? Yes, yeah, seven is, months uh, ago from yeah. when this came out. So yeah, so this is seven months ago mm-hmm. when I don't know if it's still that at the time, but that's right. The Avengers were housed in like the head of a celestial. Yeah, they were in a dead celestial. Uh, this is the early poor the early portion of the uh, Aaron run, the one that's still still going on, I believe. That's right. Yes, with Ghost yeah. Rider as a member. Yeah, with the cosmic goat, oh, the but uh, Jaime Reyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Jaime Reyes is Blue Beetle. Oh, then the other Jaime, then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes. Oh boy. <laughs> it was not. You had it was, it was the similar thing, but it's not the first, same first name. It's the same last name. That's it. <laughs> oh, if they were doing Marvel DC crossover again. That's the thing that. <laughs> that's the one to do. They're brothers. They just don't know. They're they're cousins. They just don't know it. They're the same person, just in a different universe. If that's ever done, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> we put it out there into the universe. <laughs> but anyway, so Gorilla Man is talking to Jimmy Woo, and he's like, so wait, so you know I'm living here now, mm-hmm. and you figure the space god has seen everything, so you want me to kind of probe its memories to see if it knows anything about this mask. It's like, this is incredibly dangerous. A little stupid. dangerous, yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I like this. Just to find out more about some stupid mask. And as Jimmy Woo tells him, well, it's a hell of a mask, Ken. Yeah. All right, as long as you got a good reason. <laughs> yep, that was basically it. He's like, okay, I'm down. He really, I mean, Jimmy really has the trust of the agents of Atlas. So kind of like, it's like, all right, well, you know what? If you say there's a good reason to do it, I'll do it. Sure, sure. No reason to question him. They, they trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, from what I can remember, he, is, he does not burn that trust. It's sure. not like an Charles Xavier thing where it's like, all right, wait a oh, minute, Charles. Yeah. I had a brother <laughs> that you sent to die. You just wiped my mind. Sure, sure. That 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 that's Tuesday. That's Tuesday. You son <laughs> of a. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy did not do that to them. No. It doesn't really advance the story too much. It's just kind of, I guess, giving us reasons why they just, might have information. Yeah, a little seasoning, a little flavor. Yeah. And now for pay. Uh, oh, that's. Oh, my pages went together. That's why. Mm. 1955 now. The Black Knight is introduced in Black Knight number one, which mm. I read, and that's beautiful artwork. It is. It's uh, Joe Manili, I think. It's, yes. Uh, it's good stuff there. It's And we're going back 1,500 years. Yeah, and Joe Manili, by the way, who was the original artist in Black Knight, from what I've read, would have been one of the big stars, well, possibly, I mean, would have been one of the big people doing Marvel Age. if yeah. he didn't die like a year or two before that. Yeah. He f- apparently, I think he was maybe drinking a bit, but also he had bad eyesight and he was kind of go on the subway going from between one car to the other and fell. Yeah. No, I think he would have been huge. Yeah. He would have been huge. He would have been the name that we would, would know, you know, right off the top of our heads now. He, yeah, he potentially could have been up there with Kirby and Dicko when it comes For to sure. early Marvel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've read some of the Black Knight. But yeah, this one, yeah, 1500 years ago about the Black Knight, who obviously is the ancestor of, you know, the current Black White, Dane yeah. Whitman. Sir, Sir Percy, Percy of Scandia. Yeah. Yes. 
And the ebony with the ebony blade. From New Britain or is it New Britain or Other, other Britain? Britain? Other Britain. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I forget. And me either. Yeah, because I remember it was made by Merlin, as far as I remember for that original story. But who knows what they've recorded since. Yeah, because also in, in Black Knight number one, uh, we were introduced to Morgan Le Fay and Mordred the Evil. So, mm-hmm. um, yay. <laughs> Some of my favorites from, uh, oh. from X-Labs. I know. <laughs> oh, that's right, Excalibur. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, she's not in this, at least. Uh, that's, that's true. Just the Black Knight. But yes, he's been sent out because they've been hearing rumors of a revolt in Camelot, mm-hmm. a secret guild with hidden with a hidden guild of secret knowledge of the stars and their workings, a guild that would take power from kings and place it in the hands of common men. And, and so he champion. meets their yeah. champion, who is wearing that mask. Mm-hmm. He's uh, their Black Knight. Yes, and uh, we now have a name for it: the Eternity Mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, they fight for three days until the, the Black Knight is, ba- you know, the Sir Percy Black Knight is barely able to kill the other one. Yep, just but he's out too, the wind. But he is too weak to take the mask, you know, before to keep them from taking the mask away. Yeah, there's a couple of guys from this other camp who just they take the mask and they disappear into the woods while uh, while Sir Percy tries to get his, you know, get his get his uh, baubles about him. Yeah, I, I like how they do this here. Like, like the way he says at the end, the guild would not end here. Sir Percy knew one day they would create their awful land, their land that knew no king. And it's it's kind of like what you think about. It. It's like the way we view everything is from our perspective. Sure. And I mean, so for him, especially when it's somebody like who's supposed to be as benevolent and good as King Arthur. Sure. A land with no king is like, what kind of <laughs> horror is this? <laughs> yep. How could that possibly be? You know, it's like, uh, how does that, what kind of monstrous, lawless, godforsaken place would it be, would that be? <laughs> so it's just kind of funny, like, just from the perspective, even though he's a good guy, he's a hero. It's not like sure. he's a murderer. It's not like he's a monster. No. And to be fair, he's not working for, like, a tyrant. No. But that's the way he's looking at it, is like, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So For now sure. we know what it's called the Eternity Mask. Mm-hmm. And now the next page for 1956, it's all Jimmy Woo because Jimmy Woo first appeared in Yellow Claw number one. It's true. October yeah. 1956, uh, created by future Mad Magazine editor Al Feldstein and uh, Joe Manili. Yeah, I do need to read those Yellow Claws just to see what it was. You know, I'm just curious. I've got a uh, I've got a yellow claw on the docket because uh, this I think it's yellow claw number two has the first use of the word mutant. Ah, so uh, I, that's uh, that's one that I'll be uh, that'll be probably an X lapse point one episode. Yeah, I forget. I either either it's on Marvel Unlimited or I bought like the yellow it's, claw masterworks like really cheap on Comicsology. Ah, uh, yeah, because I know it's on there on Unlimited as a backup in. I think it's a, a Shang-Chi Annual 3 or Shang-Chi Giant Size number 3. So okay. it, that that story that I'm referring to is is definitely on there for sure. Well, then either I did, like I said, I know I have access to it. Mm-hmm. Comixology a while ago had like a really cheap sale on like Marvel Masterworks for like the, like for Golden Age and uh, nice. bro- but not Bronze Age. What's that? What would that be called? Like Atomic Age, I guess you could say. Sure, sure. The 50s. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I basically went through them because they're all like the most like two or three bucks. And, like, oh, anything that wasn't fully on, like, Marvel Unlimited, I bought. Like, I have, like, 
you know, the Venus, the Venus Masterworks. Okay. And, you know, a couple of the other ones like that I'm reading. Nice. Because I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, if they're sure. not there, I might as well have access to them. Absolutely. No, you need you need that library. You definitely need that library. Yeah. But it's Jimmy Woo, and I like this. He's like, I'm, he's talking to Roberto mm-hmm. six months ago, but he's busy fighting Hydra. He's beating up Hydra goons while he's on the phone. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But he said, it's the mask. It's been yeah. around every, you know, like in most stories since Camelot fell, Peasants Revolt, the English Civil War, the Mayflower. It was even brought over here, and some say Ben Franklin used some of its magic to help the revolution. Mm-hmm. No, it's cool. And, and he talks a little bit about like the cultural meanings behind, like, why would you wear a black mask? You know, in some places it's it's honorable, but in some places it means you're you're you're, you're hiding something. You're a thief. You're a bad person. And I love that. You know, we just talked about being, you know, with uh, with the Black Knight and seeing things from a different perspective here. What does a black mask mean? Yeah, it, it can mean many things to many people. And uh, I love how he wonders, like he's like, this could have signaled the birth of the modern superhero. But why didn't it? I, it's very, very interesting. A lot of food for thought there. Yes. No, because I mean, they, a mask in and of itself doesn't have a moral constitution, right? No. A mask isn't evil or, or good. It's, uh, I mean, it can embolden a good or an evil. And in the but, case of a black mask, culturally, it could be either way. Yeah, I mean, a ma- yeah, like I said, the mask doesn't mean anything itself. I mean, hell, any jackass murderer here could wear a Batman mask. Of course. It doesn't mean they're course. Batman. Nor does yeah, it mean or... Batman is a murderer. Exactly. Exactly. That's, it's very, very interesting stuff here. It, wonderful food for thought. Yeah. And that is where we're going to leave ourselves off for now. Because mm-hmm. that's a long enough episode. And the next time we do this in a little bit, we will be finishing off the rest of Marvel Comics 1000. And getting going to the end of what this mask is and what it does and who is wearing it right now. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be closing out the episode in a minute, but first we're going to cover the feedback. And this time we are talking about feedback from episode 145, MCU 2021, where John Wilson and I were talking about the first half of the Marvel shows and movies that came out in 2021, which included WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and the Black Widow movie. On Facebook, the post about the episode was liked and shared by Ranger Gord, Ruth Sutherland, Clinton Robinson, Pat Sampson, and Gene Hendricks. On Twitter, it was liked and retweeted by Viet Huynh Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Chris Leiden, David Finn, Tomes of Evil, a comic book villain podcast, Ghost Spider Groupies, Capes and Lunatics, Last Sons of Krypton, Connor McKenna, Truth, Justice, and Hope, Tim Price, Happy Potted Days, between the Pages Blog, Rattelection Broadcasting, John Reads Comics Yo, Into the Night, Jeffrey Brown, parentheses, day slash them, Mark's Mess Podcast, Karen Walker, Snick and Thwips, and Drab. If you want to hear me elsewhere, well, you can find me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D-Cast. That is a podcast about the late 80s, early 90s DC comic sci-fi series Legion. Not Legion of Superheroes. This is the one with the acronym and Lobo in it. And you can find that on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed. Links to that will be in the show notes. If you want to hear your name said here, or if you have a question or a comment you want to make, well, here's how you get to me. 
First of all, email resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. On Facebook, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box and we will pop up. You can find us on Twitter at Adam Thanos Pod. And of course, you can go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. This show is part of The Collective. The Collective was started by a few like-minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances. And you can hear a promo for one of The Collective shows right now. Hey there! Do you like comic books? Do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes and Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes and Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics podcast. So any, before we finish off, any thoughts on everything we've read so far besides what you just said? Or was that it? <laughs> you, you know, when, when, we, when, you, when you talked to me about this one, I figured that this was going to be um, Adam Warlock heavy. And then when I realized it wasn't, I was like, oh, it's Eternity heavy. And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know much about Eternity. <laughs> but uh turns out I didn't need to. No. I mean, I, it, this, is, uh, this is lore. This is world building. This is just some really good stuff here. And, you know, this is, well, let's say it's in a thousandth issue, you know, for argument's sake. It is a number yeah. 1,000. Let's go with it. Yeah, we'll, 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 let, it, we'll let them have it. Um, we're in a day and age right now where all the milestone issues, they don't tell stories. You know, we had Action Comics 1,000. We had Detective Comics 1,000. And they fall into those, like, love letter sort of stories right mm. it's like well this is you know this is what I, this is the batman story i want to draw and write it has nothing to do with anything it's basically just a collection of pinups here it's like but that doesn't tell a story we're not going to look back on action comics 1000 and be like wow you remember that awesome story in there because there yeah. wasn't one here we have this it, this is a total gimmick here going through the 80 years of marvel history but it's also telling a story you know, and it's not every page. There are those love letters in here, but there is a cohesive story being weaved through it, which actually it literally weaves 1939 to 2019. Because in the ending here, we're going to find out about who's wearing the mask right now. So we're yeah. actually connecting the entire history of this wonderful universe. It's part love letter, but it's also story. And that is something that is, it's like a lost art in these milestone issues. So love it. Absolutely love the idea of this. And um, the fact that it is in these one page vignettes, it makes it an absolute breeze to read. And not everything's going to matter the same amount, but you're getting like just, you're getting a lot. You're getting a lot for your money here. And you're getting a lot for your interest and your investment in this universe. It's uh, something I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of companies can learn from. So yeah, really well done. Unless there's only one Marvel character you like, you'll probably enjoy several pages from this at the very least. Of course, least because of course. there's a little bit of everybody. Deadpool, there's a couple of pages of Deadpool. There's of course some Spider-Man. I mean, sure. come on, there's like a page or two even of Hellcat. So like, yeah, I mean, if that's your favorite character. Hey, you've yeah, got there's it. a 
Yeah. There's a page about extreme X-Men. Yeah, and Tammy the Typist, <laughs> she has a page. I yeah. Mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff here. And I mean, if you are, you know, unaware of the, the Golden and Atomic Age Marvel Universe here, uh, this is... This is almost an education. You know, you're you're actually getting something. You're getting a little lightning rod that you can maybe pop into Google later on. It's like, who the hell's Tammy the Typist? What's her story? Does she matter? No, but you can learn about her. And because you know? of the because of the story here, there's a reason to care about some of these characters because exactly. it's relevant. It's exactly. not just we can watch this character 80 years ago five times and that's it. Yep. Who cares? That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I Absolutely. said before, it's something Roy Thomas did very well back in the 80s yes. in DC. Mm-hmm. He made those characters still relevant to people at the time, Maybe even though not. they were 40 years old and no one would have cared who the tarantula was sure. or the original robot man. Yeah. <laughs> but and I the, like those characters now because oh, yeah. of that. For sure. For sure. You knew that that was a uh, labor of love. And, uh, you know, I, I, anytime I talk about Roy Thomas, I always try to picture what his desk looked like back in 1980. Like how much because if you've read the I'm sure you've read All-Star Squadron, if anybody listening hasn't, you get such an education there, not only just about the Golden Age heroes, but about the world in the 40s. Yeah, he's working in all the real history. Everything. I mean, with when when crisis happened, Roy had, you know, he had his work cut out for him. Because these characters were being wiped away, a lot of them or or or, uh, duplicated or. Yeah. And he. (laughs) He tied the robot from the movie Metropolis Mm -hmm. into the shifting from the post-pre-crisis to the post-crisis for the All-Star Squadron and the the Golden Age heroes. So much real-world stuff here. I would love to see what his desk looked like. What did his office look like? And I'm thinking the same thing now about Al Ewing. As he's building, you know, Marvel Comics number 1000. What many, does his office look like? How many things has he opened? How many tabs does he have? How many tabs does he does have Al open? How many have open? Like mass. How many monitors does he have up? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and bless him, he he did not half-ass this. No. This is this is a true tribute to an era of comics that I think even many of us, you know, fake-ass comics historians, kind of neglect and feel like it doesn't matter. Well. Here it kind of matters, and it's relevant, and it's something you can look at. And you don't need to invest all the time in the world to read every Golden Age comic. You're getting some stuff here. And if something here tickles your fancy, pop over to Unlimited and check it out. Yeah, a lot of that stuff on Unlimited, a lot of stuff on Comixology. Like I said, they, yeah. you can buy them cheap even when they're not on sale. Sure, sure. And, I mean, there's there's some stuff. Uh, as Marvel has taken some stuff from the, the public domain. There's some Golden Age public domain comics out there that – might actually tie into some stuff. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I'm going to be covering Dr. Nemesis pretty soon, and he yeah. is public domain. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting stuff. So this is, you know, like one of the things I think a lot of us older comic fans or fans of our vintage talk about is like, how do you make a new reader? Well, you have a book like this, which gives you these little bite-sized things. And I mean, we're going to just totally forget the fact that this is a $10 book and nobody's just going to walk into a comic store and say, hey, I want that $10 book. We're going to pretend that doesn't exist here. But this here is a wonderful gateway into all – because, I mean, these stories don't stop in the 50s. They go all the way through to 2019. So it's a wonderful gateway drug to where if you see something that that interests you, you can find more of it. It's It's good. <laughs> It's definitely a worthy milestone issue. It's a worthy 
for for you know folks like us who are already convinced this is ten dollars well spent i fully agree i really yeah no i had some interest in the golden age stuff but mm. this definitely helped expand it for me for sure because sure. now i want to see these stories it matters now yeah mm-hmm. all no, right well sorry go on oh i just saying that was a that's a great thing all right. Well, that's it for this time. So before we go, Chris, tell people where to find you. Oh, you could find me several different places. Um, you could find me at chrisisoninfiniteearths.com, uh, chrisandreggie.podbean.com. I'm on Twitter at Ace Comics. I do a show called X-Lapsed pretty much every single day where I'm looking at current year X-Men stuff, starting with uh, the House of X, Powers of X uh, storyline. I'm also spending half the month because I'm all caught up. So when I run out of new books to talk about, I need something to talk about. I've gone back to the Silver Age. I pop over to the Silver Age, and I started with X-Men number one, and I'm covering every X-Men appearance that that matters. You know, like uh, there's Fantastic Fours in there. There's a Magneto appearance in Thor. I mean, just everything that kind of fits in the the story. And uh, I'm about 50 episodes into that. Regular X-Lapsed is at 277 episodes at this point. Um, there's also an exclusive show called X Lapse Point One, where I've gone all the way back to the Golden Age to, you know, Motion Picture Funnies number one to start talking about Marvel's first mutant, Namor the Submariner, and uh, going to be covering characters like the Wizard. Uh, going to talk a little bit about Toro because he was a mutant for a while. Um, of course, Doctor mm-hmm. Nemesis will be in there. It's a, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to be able to cover, you know, this this franchise and these characters I love so much at all these different eras. So it's a, it's been part education, part uh, ventilation and uh, really a lot of fun to uh, meet a lot of uh, like-minded listeners and friends out there. So that's where you can find me. X lapsed. uh, I think you could probably just type, I don't think there's anything else called X lapsed. So you could probably just type that in and find me if, uh, if this isn't, isn't enough of hearing my voice. Well, I try to make things easy for people. There's links in the show notes. Go to the links, people. Click on it. It'll bring you right to it. You can see the new episode, (laughs) and there's plenty. You need something to listen to? There's plenty. Thousands of hours of this. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Chris, for being on. I really appreciate it. And the next time we're back for Supplemental, he will be here, and we'll cover the rest of 1,000. All right. See you next time. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.
Starting recording. I'm not happy though until it actually shows the numbers moving. There we go. And you're still here, right? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Hold on. Parker! Parker, come here! Quit barking at nothing. Go lay down. Go lay down, boys. I'm right here. Go lay down. Barks for attention. They love to bark at nothing. Yeah. Only when I'm doing something. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) I want to pay attention to them. They're like, no, we're napping. (laughs) I'm doing something. It's like, well, pay attention to me. Here's my toys. (laughs) Let's play. It's like, Sammy, no, it's bedtime. We're going to bed now. We're making the bed. But I want to play now. (laughs) Dogs. It's true. All right, boys, be good. All right, hold on a second. I'm going to introduce 